Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast, episode number 69. In today's show, we are joined by two big hitters in the industry. I'm joined by Drew and Troy, who are the founders and CEOs of Nexpa Beverages. I'm sure you guys have tasted their product over the last couple of years, but you'll find them on every shelf, basically, within Australia, whether that's Coles, Woolies, 7-Eleven, etc. These guys just didn't stop there. They've just broke into the UK and are on the shelf in every Sainsbury's at the moment. And I honestly don't think they're going to stop there. This story is incredible. These guys were absolutely amazing. And there was a lot of great questions asked about the growth of the business. So for now, guys, just sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And before we start, I just want to do a huge shout out to our main sponsor, Huff and Puff Pork Crackle, who are just keeping this podcast going. So thank you very much, everyone. Enjoy the show. I'd love any feedback. And thank you again, Troy and Drew. Huff and Puff Pork Crackle is Australian owned and made right here from 100% real Australian pork. Hand fried and available in a range of flavors, the tasty crunch is hard to resist. You guys are a powerful duo and I've been a fan for a very long time. Welcome to the show, guys. I'm not even going to tell the people who what brand you guys represent because it's a big show. I'm going to I'm going to admit you guys are a pretty big deal on this show now. So thank you very much for joining me. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. for having us, mate. We're, we're pretty broke to be here and happy to chat about the story. Well, we're a mysterious Troy and Drew, but I, I guess I should, um, I, could, I can say then that we're co-founders of Expo and yeah, we're very stoked to be able to have the opportunity to share the story of what is now, I guess, a 10-year journey for us. So we're very excited to be here with you now. So thanks, Ben. Not a plan. Well, let, let's start there. 10-year journey and people are only going to see the last couple of years where you've exploded. But I want to go back to the very start of the Nexpa journey. And I believe, did you guys meet on a beach? Uh, or is that when the, the business was founded? But um, even I'm before... Like that, yeah. The, the yeah. That, um, we've got pretty good at telling this story now. And, and kind of the way that it started was... Um, That's Drew speaking, by the way. I was, um, <laughs> I was fortunate when I was about 23, 22, 23, um, to do an exchange program in Mexico as part of my university degree. Um, and whilst I was over there, it was, I sort of, amongst many other things, fell in love with, um, you know, the iced tea category and that better for you beverage category um, yep. that was over there. And, and um, as you do when you're traveling, kind of come up with some crazy ideas about potentially bringing something similar back to Australia. So came back here, um, tapped Troy on the shoulder, who is actually my brother-in-law. Ah, cool. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> I said, mate, um, you know, I really think there's something in this. And, and we, we, we went about doing a bit of a, um, I guess, an analysis on the market. We found that iced tea in Australia at that time was about 1% to 2% of the total beverage category. Um, whereas iced tea back in Mexico when I was there was about... 12 to 14% of the category. And that was that was also um, the same throughout most of North America and Europe. So we really believed in, in bringing, um, you know, this better for you, naturally sugar-free um, beverage company and creating something in Australia. Um, so we jumped on Alibaba, 
Um, as, you, as you do. <laughs> typed in, um, typed in uh, beverage manufacturing facility, um, clicked order, and this 40-foot container full of machinery um, <laughs> with foreign writing on it showed up. Um, neither of us had any idea what we are going to be doing. Uh, <laughs> I might let Trey down because he's got some good stories, and, and he can share a bit about his background before next week as well. Yeah, so, hey, guys, my background is law and communications. Obviously, Drew made one of the best decisions of his life, realising that his future brother-in-law has, 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 has a his skill set to bring to the table. So I guess early on we knew that we both wanted to be co-CEOs as we built the business, and I totally um, bought in and believed in the concept of what Drew described as, as better for you. And in terms of our vision, so next for is... Uh, the vision for us is to be Australia's naturally brave brand delivering naturally sugar-free innovation to the world. We obviously began in iced tea and as Drew described, we imported a canning line because at the time we needed to, nobody could produce a non-carbonated can in the yeah. market. Um, but I think that experience and yeah, I was at law school, I wasn't, a, and Drew actually kept working in it as an engineer whilst I remember being with a welder in the factory with no clue. <laughs> and then we wanted to, to make an impact by focusing on better for you products that we know that could have a significant impact on people's health. Um, so that, that was, I guess, the very much the early days. And I think that experience of us jumping into the, to the market is what allowed us to, I think a secret to Nexpo over the years has been uh, where we've always reached out to incredible people in the industry with experience. Mm and advisors, people like Bill Bodock, ex-president Theo, Jim Beam, Peter Barron, who we call the godfather of Nexpa, who invented SIPA uh, as an example, which is um, that product. People with incredible talent and experience in the industry who uh, were generous with their time and their experience, which allowed us to, I guess, de-risk the many uh, challenges and hurdles that hit you in business. And it's what allowed us to um, test the market with better for you iced teas. Yeah. In parallel, we were developing this naturally sugar-free proprietary blend that actually took us six years to create. And when we created that, uh, that's when we knew that we could really scale in the the big market like Coles and Woolworths. And we had yeah. people like um, we brought on people like Steve Smythe uh, um, from PepsiCo to really help join our business and help craft those relationships and help us. Um, continue to grow in in the categories that we play in. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, I, w- I want to touch on kind of yeah the the sugar free solution because I've got a great story myself about your brand. But before I do, I just want to touch on the the early days. As did you find it hard to sell in kind of your vision to the retailers and to get people on board at the early days? Like, or were they kind of going, oh no, Coke with all its full fat, because that would have been booming at the time, was the yeah. way forward. How, how did that go in the early days? Yeah, Ben, I think that's a really great question. And I think the experience is interesting in, in hindsight and as we reflect. So in the early days, uh, we literally had a van and Drew and I were selling direct into cafes and great reception from the customers. And what we knew is to scale in the Australian market uh, without the significant multinational budgets that you needed to then really look at channels like Petron Convenience, where there's a level of compliance in a national account solution. So as an example, our first ever big customer was 7-Eleven in April, 2012. And that was a historic moment for us. 
Um, it took us nearly, I'd say, 12 to 18 months to get meetings with these top um, yeah. retailers. And what I'd say is they understood the concept of better for you. Uh, what they didn't realize at the time, and now they absolutely do. So the likes of 7-Eleven, Coles, Woolworths, they're all our partners as we scale naturally sugar yeah. free, but the consumption behavior wasn't yet there. Sugar was exposed, and I look forward to your story, um, but sugar was exposed that uh, what hasn't been, and still to this day, um, hasn't been yet um, widely exposed is artificial ingredients. So zero sugar um, products were put into the market. Now the common term is no added sugar, which is still a large yeah. portion of products within categories is still packed with artificial ingredients. Um, aspartame has been proven to now being linked to cancer through human trials in the US. So I think there is a, um, a speed and momentum in recent years, which is why we've been scaling so quickly where consumers have moved away from sugar products. Um, but absolutely, I think there's only going to be further growth uh, in healthy natural yeah. products. Um, I think that's what we're proud to be is that as that first brand that really spent years to crack that naturally sugar-free solution. Oh, and, and I think that's an absolute, yeah, you, you nailed it on the headlight. You guys led the way, and I'll talk about Arifritol because that's like that's the sugar replacer that is now you've probably made famous, to be honest, in Australia. Because yeah, it was Christmas. Uh, oh, this would have been two years ago, and I actually bought your product, and it was it wasn't because of the brand. It was just because I was like, oh, I just need a drink, and I think it was on offer at the time, and I picked it up, took it to a function and we're pouring it around and everyone was drinking it and my missus was like i can't drink it like it's full of sugar i went no nah, it says it on the on the the label that it's sugar free and she's studying to be a, a dietitian and she was drinking it and she goes this stuff is amazing i went yeah it's got it's got something in it like i don't know what it is like and the whole f function and this is how good this function was i was researching a refritol and there was music blaring in the background, the full party going on. And I was going, now nah, I'll do, I'll do a bit of nutrition research. And I must have been the hermit in the corner, just studying. <laughs> and I was like, and every time we brought Nexper to a, to a function, everyone then started taking the piss like, oh, you're just going to get on your laptop and start researching the ingredients. I was like, no, this is a game changer. And I wanted to touch on like, how did you guys come across like a reef towel? Because in my full-time job that I do at the moment, I'm always trying to find the next solution or the next ingredient. And you guys played in a space that I'm guessing was limited to research. It was limited to like, you can normally bounce a product because someone else has already done that idea. Can you go through kind of that mentality of bringing something new to a market that was not around? First of all, we love hearing those kind of stories. <laughs> you know, it's not often that we get to speak directly to consumers that have found the product and um, you know really had a bit of a life-changing moment in a sense. If, if we can that. multiply you by a million, we'll be. It would be a worrying world, to be honest. Wait till you get to know. Yeah, it'd be a, yeah, it'd be a bit, be a bit of a fucked-up world, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super thrilled to kind of hear those stories. I think. Um, one thing that we've never we've never departed from is you know our vision and mission of what we wanted to create around the naturally sugar free proposition. Yeah, we knew that 
um, to do it and be successful at it, we had to get um, a liquid or a flavor that was going to taste and, you know, feel mouthfeel, sweetness, upfront sweetness of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, we, were, we were super just bullish at trying to um, look at the whole market and the different ingredients that were available. Um, it's, it's fair to say we probably had about a thousand iterations of our, wow. um, our patented blend, which is now patented blends. Yeah, to come up with the you know the ratios and the ingredients we're using and um, you know the secret herbs and spices as we term it in there that, that kind of make it and give it that mouthfeel and sweetness of sugar. Yeah. So there was, um, you know, I think Troy mentioned before, there's about six years of, of research and development in that, and, and um, you know now we're in a place kind of in about three or four years ago where we we're fortunate enough to be able to really deploy that across you know all of these high sugar. Um, and artificial categories that exist in the supermarket. Obviously for us, you know, soft drinks was the first one. Um, sparkling waters was was a huge one for us. More recently, kombucha and mixers have, have become mm-hmm. a big one. So it's, um, it's been so pleasing to kind of see consumers come into this space. And next bar, you know, it is the the OG of, of naturally sugar-free. You know, we were Definitely, the first yeah. in the space and, and we firmly believe that we're, um, you know, giving real kind of... Um, validity to kind of that naturally sugar for offering. So I haven't uh, heard Drew reference the OG before. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real. <laughs> but, um, no, but I think I think, you know, we're we're just we're really thrilled that, that from a consumer lens um, and from an actual, you know, the, the tasting of the product, etc., that we're delivering on that naturally sugar free promise. Um, we're also really excited about, I guess, where the future of the brand goes in Definitely, and that's. I'd love to touch on that because, yeah, was it earlier this year? Like you, you've now broken into well, my home country in the UK, and I bet that's been a journey in itself, hasn't it? Yeah. So I think the uh, our history is obviously we did bootstrap for many years from a capital Mm -hmm. um, and capital raising perspective. After we had proven and um, landed on our naturally sugar-free blend, we then knew that we were ready to scale. Uh, we yeah. tested and learned in the petrol convenience channel. We were in um, Coles and working with Woolworths. So we did our first capital raise and we had what our, we call our legends come on board who were industry experienced, high net worth individuals who backed our belief in that every category in the food and beverage aisle uh, requires naturally sugar-free alternative in that space um, to really test out. So we achieved that. um, That process was kind of back in 2017. And then since then, we knew that uh, obviously we want to continue and grow in the Australian market. It's our home market and proof of concept as we scale globally. But where we know that there's an issue globally uh, with diabetes, obesity, and the, the key categories that are packed with sugar and artificial products are main contributors to those negative health implications. So the UK for us, uh, we I personally, we had a, I had a plane booked to both the UK and California. And the reason why we had that is we wanted to get a test market to prove regional expansion. Uh, and yeah. fortunately, um, your hometown was that first plane trip that I had. And, and we met at the time I met with um, the key retailers in the market, but we knew that we wanted to collaborate with somebody like Sainsbury's. And yeah. also humbled that they, it was the right time. The sugar-free, uh, the soft drink levy had just come into play in the UK. Uh, we obviously knew that we cracked it on taste uh, and we went in first with our sparkling water range in Sainsbury's uh, under their future brands initiative, which has been a really valuable experience. So yeah. the last few years for us has been 
and I think for both Drew and I, one of the most nerve-wracking things was we were sending over containers of product from Australia into the UK, into Sainsbury's, uh, with a hope, uh, a belief and a passion that we uh, believed that we could replicate the sales experience we're having in Australia. But uh, what was very pleasing is um, it, it achieved what we wanted to, which was- Ah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, repeat purchase. So today, in Sainsbury's as an example, uh, we've, our team's growing, we've got local manufacturing beginning, and in Sainsbury's we've gone from three skews three SKUs or three products uh, to 15 products uh, this financial year. So we're, we're pretty excited with how that's going. That That is incredible. And I want to touch on kind of like you, you've experienced this huge kind of growth. Yes, it's, it's taken like a, you, you guys are probably going, fuck, it's taken a long time to get here and it's just blown up. Um, what's been like your relationship like together and kind of the culture of Nexper in general? Have you managed to, because I'm guessing in the early days, fun, exciting, and kind of a vision of this is what I want the brand. Because for me, I feel the brand is fresh. I feel it's um, kind of cool and like modern. And I'd hope that the culture kind of fits that as well internally. Is Would you say that you've kept the culture uh, from the early days or have you had to kind of expand and gone a bit corporate? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's one thing about Nexpert is that it is a 10-year overnight success. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a massive journey, both Troy and I together, and, and a lot of the people that are in here today have been on, on the journey with us for a really long time, you know, you know, six, seven years type thing. So yeah, okay. um, one thing that we uh, are really strong in is, is keeping that challenger brand mentality and really living by, you know, our vision, our mission, our values, um, and... So, you know, absolutely, you gotta, you got to kind of take the training wheels off a little bit and, and grow up in certain areas to kind of um, make sure that we can deliver, you know, the volume of product that we're delivering to Coles and Woolies. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the, you know, in terms of the attitude inside the office um, and the people that we have working for us, we, if, if we're going to continue to be this innovation um, hothouse and, and really be ahead of the trends, et cetera, we, we need those kind of people that are um, entrepreneurial mindset, um, they're always looking for improvement and, and ways that we can kind of do things better. So absolutely, we want to foster that creativity, um, you know, that collaboration piece, the fun, um, excitement, and all those values that we stand for as a company. And what you know, we believe and what we're trying to represent when you see that logo in store, yep. we certainly want to be living that in our office as well. I think Drew and I have been fortunate as co-founders and co-CEOs <laughs> to have complementary skill sets. Uh, in being in business and starting anything, it is an intense experience and you always need to learn and grow and evolve and have a really high growth mindset. So we've been focused on instilling that in the people in the team as we scale. We've also, uh, we've had coaching together in terms of us becoming the best leaders that we can be. Uh, we're on a very high growth trajectory to be a global brand, which is yep. an exciting trajectory. And for us, it's been uh, aware of where our strengths are and getting the people in that can complement and add even further value to the journey as we continue to grow. Um, and a lot of these people are, come from incredible caliber in the industry. They all believe in what we're trying to achieve. So that makes, I guess, the passion, the dedication to the, the role important. Uh, we, we believe in the concept of meaningful work um, really supports uh, you having a meaningful life. So. 
I think that's been key uh, to our story to date. And um, as we move forward, I think it's the reason why we can get the right leadership team to continue to help us, us grow and scale. That is a that is a very impressive and uh, I, I, I no doubt that yeah it can become a global uh, brand because it, it it's just phenomenal to be honest from what you've achieved and it, it this is why I set up this podcast to to speak to well at the end of the day it was just me speaking to myself to be honest at the early days but it's great to speak to people like you who live breathed and have come out the other side with a phenomenal product well um, next we began with this drew and i speaking to each other so there we go <laughs> <laughs> not speaking to each other that's funny I, and I, like it's over 10 years like there's been a lot of wins but i want to talk about like the hurdles is is the one moment in the the brand's history in your relationship that just sticks in your head and you just you can like or a few a few hurdles where you just kind of they're, they're embedded into your brain because you're just going how the hell did we get over that or well, that was a curveball is there any that you can help the listeners kind of go it's not all doom and gloom but you went through a lot of downs instead of uh yeah the wins yeah i think um it's a, it's a really good question and it's, it's it's very difficult to kind of select one yeah kind of defining i think one thing for me and, and, and troy can give a few points as well is that um when we started this business i was a civil and environmental engineer troy was a law and communication student Neither of us had, um, you know, formal business training, um, and the reality is, you know, simple things like learning how to read a PNL, um, understanding yeah. governance, all that stuff. We had quite remedial knowledge in. So this whole past ten years has been a journey on the job of on the job learning about how to become, you know, the CEO. We we, we called ourselves CEOs from from day dot, but it, it's really been a ten year journey about how to become a CEO and how to. Yeah, and that's how to interesting how to run a business. Um, so, you know, there, there's there's multiple times, particularly in the early years, that we were literally down to our last $20 in our, uh, in our account. Yeah. How, how are we gonna get through this? What's the next, you know, where, where's the next piece of income coming from? How are we gonna, how are we gonna continue to live this dream and, and bring naturally sugar-free um, proposition to the retail landscape in Australia? So, so there's been so many challenges. And I think um, the biggest thing is just having the mentality that you're going to face these challenges. These things are going to come up, and hurdles are going to uh, are going to come up. But um, if you have the attitude of, of there is a way around them, you will overcome this. You just need to find out what that is and work towards that. And I think that's that's probably the best kind of um, thing you can have as an entrepreneur to really yeah. get on and, and grow a business. Yeah, I think uh, my I guess way to answer that question is Peter Barron. I termed the Godfather earlier. He instilled in us very early on probably two principles that really ring true. So one of them is success is the byproduct of doing business right, and the second one yep. is businesses only die from within. So yeah, okay, yeah. I think that if the best way to be a successful entrepreneur is probably to realise that and nothing's ever going to go to plan. Um, and if you look and learn that early on, you can. Um, obviously protect you the downside by having thought through as many potential scenarios as possible. Um, so if you believe and you, and you have a product or a service that is unique and adds value to a consumer, uh, then ultimately there's your reason for being and your why exists. 
So if, if you don't have that, then I think it'd be a very, it'd be a long struggle. Um, but we don't, uh, the thesis of naturally sugar-free as a solution to food and beverage consumption is one that I think is only, we think is one that's only we're going to become more and more valuable. So because of that, we're determined to go through any tough challenge uh, and know that we'll come through in a really positive way. Uh, so I think that's been critical. I think the, there's been moments in when you choose to have a world of becoming a custodian and you do capital raises, uh, that means that you've got new levels of fiduciary duties and responsibilities. So that yeah. makes you grow up as a leader very quickly. Um, so I think, <laughs> yeah. I think that's been a really positive experience. I, will, I think that um, my personal experience in the life of Nextbrew is that our most painful period have been the most memorable in terms of how you develop and how the business evolves and how the people and the people in the business grow. Um, so I think that's probably my my reflection on that. That's uh, well, that's a that's a great reflection, and I always find that what the feedback that I get from this show and the messages, uh, whether it's direct or on uh, LinkedIn, it's people always love the honesty of businesses and kind of entrepreneurs and CEOs that just give because. At the end of the day, I started a side hustle about three months ago. Uh, and for me, having the mindset of enjoy the process um, is a real key kind of um, non-negotiable in my mind to just kind of go, like, I've already had shit thrown at me and it's been in three months and I kind of go, well, at the end of the day, it could be worse. And it's, it's just enjoying being in a freezing cold shed in Melbourne, uh, packing dog cookies, um, going, I wonder where this can go. And I've got the music on and enjoying it. And it's, it's so good and so refreshing to hear from both of you to hear like thing, yeah, things aren't, you, you see a lot of businesses celebrate their wins and you never hear kind of what happened to get those wins. So I really appreciate your honesty on that one. And to, to finish to finish kind of the last few questions that I've got it's I want to talk about this year in general from a from a big business I, I've spoken to a few businesses on the show recently um, from like just individuals who are doing their kind of their thing from a business that has just expanded across the other side of the world how's COVID been uh, with dealing with growth and kind of yes yeah, staff and everything in between yeah, I think um, there's, there's no doubt that there's no one immune to this COVID challenge that we're facing. You know, globally, I think it's, it's, it is a huge challenge. Um, we've been kind of fortunate in Australia that we haven't been as affected as the other countries have. And, and even, I guess, in this industry, in, in kind of FMCG, um, people have continued to, to purchase food. They need to eat, they need to drink. Um, so we've been somewhat... Um, insulated as well from the impacts of COVID. Um, you know, we've, we've had areas of the business that such as petrol and convenience, there's just less people on the road. So, um, you know, we've seen a bit of a softness in sales in that area. Um, at, at times, um, the retail, the supermarkets, have, I've seen a little bit of um, increased sales. So it's, it's been a little bit kind of ebbs and flows for us. Um, I think, you know, Troy, Troy can talk a little bit about how the UK has been affected, but I think you know, as a whole, everyone is, you know, particularly in Australia, we're doing, we're doing a really good job of, of um, getting on with it and kind of understanding this is the new normal for a little while and, and we just have to deal with this. So, 
you know, our team, um, as an example, we've been basically working from home since this whole thing started. Um, we, you know, we do we do make it available for people to come in um, yeah. if they're doing the office, but it's about adapting to the environment. Um, you know, we have technology and systems these days where we can have fantastic communication with people, almost as good as face to face, much like this podcast and and talking. Yeah, about definitely. We're having, we're having conversations. So, a lot of the um, you know, a lot of the, the the strategic goals that we want to hit as a business continue to move forward. We continue to move forward with our strategy for you know FY twenty and, and as we come into FY twenty one. So, major challenges, but. Um, you know, fortunately for us, and I feel I feel very sorry for industries such as as, as um, you know retail, clothing, and, and hospitality, etc. I think fortunately for us, um, we've been somewhat insulated from from the worst of it. Yeah, I think the my view and what I'd add to the experience of COVID is every people. So we kind of have this framework of people, strategy, execution and cash. So I think as soon as we realised that COVID uh, was coming and we, we realised quite early on, um, it was about planning uh, planning for the worst and hoping that the best will kind of occur. Yep. So yeah. for us, um, being really in, interrogating your forecast. So we run our business, off, you have your budget and then you run your live forecast it was looking at what could hit us and how could that hit us and what could the impact be? Because yes, Nextra is a business because a large part of ours is the grocery channel. Yeah. Uh, is has been fairly um, supportive. And I think some of the macro trends that will evolve out of this is there's opportunities in any, in any um, pain point. Um, uh, I'm aware of companies like Temple and Webster. Um, they're in incredible growth because Homeways is exploding because people are yeah. <laughs> It's different. There's always going to be, and if you think of the space of FMCG, um, there's going to be an increased uh, trend towards direct-to-consumer purchasing and behaviours. Um, similarly, where we're looking forward to an acceleration in health and wellness, which is uh, hopefully going to expose the artificial ingredients quicker. Um, yeah, 100%. Our positioning. So, um, and I think a key thing for us during this period is it has been tough and it has had challenges in terms of people and people getting used to working remotely and via a, fortunately, um, Drew in the business, we were very passionate about implementing Microsoft Teams as a tool prior to it hitting. So we were kind of had to... Ah, good, good work. Yeah, it's a great tool. <laughs> you just can't hit record on a podcast. So yeah, apologies that I had to change the platform. <laughs> but, um, but no, but things like that supported us. So no, we're, we're looking forward to, in the UK, I think the, the secret to our position there is, um, fortunately, we had the right people, our GM of the UK and Europe is a guy called David Warwick. Um, although I would usually travel a lot, sorry. I would usually obviously travel a lot to the UK. Yeah. Um, the, I, the, the, in a, in a way, um, it's been interesting to see how you can still perform really strongly, even in a remote world. And I think um, it's interesting journeys and experiences that come out of there. I've done a, um, a beautiful, one of our buyers in the UK, Alison, um, we've forged a deeper connection where we've had kind of a connecting point about life rather than necessarily talk about work. So I think in a way it can be a time to build even stronger relationships in the industry. Oh, a hundred percent. Like we, we deal with a lot of the retailers in Australia here and just 
it, it's it's a different level and i think yeah you expanding into the uk would have involved getting on the flight every eight weeks 12 weeks whereas technically now you can sit in your lounge and have a half an hour an hour catch up with a category manager and it's just exactly the same as what you would have done um and a fraction of the price so yeah it's it's interesting to hear yeah your thoughts on how the business has has adapted and i think that's one of the biggest words of this year when it comes to um covid is which businesses have adapted and it's i'm glad that you guys uh, can see the light hopefully at the end of this tunnel um i've got my face mask next to me uh, because i'm in melbourne so <laughs> fingers crossed uh, <laughs> i need to stock up on a few more by the sounds of it so uh I, I just wanted to to finish the podcast just to just say an absolute thank you. You you two have been a a brand and a duo that I've wanted on the show since the early days. Uh, one from because I'm a fan of the actual drink, uh, and what's great is my family are a, a fan of the the brand and the drink as well. So I always feel that that's that just resonates really well with me and. Yeah, I just love hearing the story and it's it's been absolutely amazing to hear the story firsthand and to to get a real insight of uh, what you guys are about. So I really appreciate it, guys. And uh, I just, I'm, I'll, it'd be pretty simple to say, everyone who's listening, I don't even need to say where to find you guys. Just walk into a, a convenience store, a major retailer uh, and go on Nexper uh, website. It's you're pretty well known now, so I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate, and, and, you know, thanks so much for having us, Ben. We've, we've appreciated the chat. It's always um, really nice to talk to people and share our stories. So, um, really appreciate that. And, and um, mate, best of luck with the with the dog biscuits and, and packing down there in Melbourne. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've uh, I've been resulting to a couple of gin and tonics while packing, which <laughs> has been nice. And uh, I'm using yeah the next uh, tonic, uh, the one with the cucumber, which has been lovely. So yeah, massive fan. So thank you very much for uh, helping out when it comes to that. <laughs> uh, Thank you, Ben. Um, we'll, we'll speak soon. Have a great time. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks,